Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like a book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is BP and Paxton. Hi! Hello. This week, we're playing Wonderland's War, designed by Tim Eisner, who also did the Grim Forest and Tidal Blades Heroes of the Reef, which both BP and I have played, and his brother Ben Eisner, who helped with Tidal Blades Heroes of the Reef, and Ian Moss. The developers were Derek Funkhauser, who also helped develop Tidal Wave, Tidal Blades, Heroes of the Reef, Ben Kepner, Matt Felici, Dan Strong, Eris Bayonet, and James Hudson, who also helped develop the Grim Forest and Tidal Blades, Heroes of the Reef. It was published by uh, Druid City Games in 2022, which I believe is owned by James Hudson. And the art is by Manny Trimbley, who also did Radlands and Dice Throne, which Eric and I have both played. The description. Wonderland has lost all frivolity and madness, where once there was joking and frivolty, now there is just anger. Oh no. The tea party is entirely sane. The Red Queen speaks and whispers. The Jabberwock has escaped the poem, and Alice returns to find Wonderland a pale shadow of its former self. Each leader takes up arms to restore the Wonderland they love. Some fight for eternal tea parties, some for the sake of fighting, others wish to help remove all the heads, and one wishes for nothing more than a return to the perfectly illogical wonderland that was. The mechanics are area majority influence, deck bag pool building, dice rolling, open drafting, and push your luck. And the box art, Paxton, how would you describe that box? Um, I don't know. It's big. Okay. Yes, it is a big box. Do you want help? Yes. Okay. The cat's head just looks like a balloon. There is a balloon-looking cat head. That's how I would have described it as well. Except it's kind of evil-looking. I mean, it is the Cheshire cat. Yeah, but the Cheshire cat's not evil. He's creepy. But in a funny kind of way. This is just evil. I mean, there are fangs on the top set of teeth. Like, you see all the teeth... And there are fangs. The Cheshire Cat has no fangs in the movie. Well, in the movie, but... In the Disney movie. Well, now they're all the mad. The 1951 so... animated. No, they are all mad. Or they're not mad. Well, the description literally said they're all mad. As in angry. I don't think mad as in illogical. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's mad. And it's purple, and he's got glowing eyes, and... Uh, the Wonderland's War is in like a, a scripty script. Yep, there's stars. It's very dark. Oh, and the eyebrows are floating above the head. Yeah. And then around the outside uh, is the other playable characters. So you got the Jabberwocky on one side. You got Alice with a shield and uh, I'm guessing the Vorpal Blade uh, is what is the sword she's holding. And a unicorn in the background. Yep, and a unicorn. Uh, Paxton, what do you see on that other side of the box? Um, the Mad Hatter, and he's pouring tea into the teacup, but then also, like, pouring it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For a very un- a very unmerry birthday for you. Oof. Uh, and I believe the box, or the part of the character we're not seeing that's on the table is would be the Red Queen. Mm. Uh, so based on the description and the box itself, would you pick this up off a shelf? Paxton. Um... Maybe. Why maybe? Why yes to the maybe? Huh? Yeah, why Why? so maybe would be maybe yes or no? Because maybe is yes and no, right? So why the yes part of maybe? Well, I, I, I don't know. I like Alice in Wonderland. Okay. That's probably why. Okay. So then what would stop you from picking it up? What's the no part of maybe? 
It looks big. It's okay. a big box. Uh, BP. Uh, absolutely. I'm a humongous Alice in Wonderland fan. Uh, yeah, I backed this on Kickstarter, and I think this might have been my favorite Kickstarter campaign, like, ever. <gasps> did they do Alice stuff? Uh, they did a ton of stuff. So what they did was, is each of the updates while the campaign was going, because they didn't, uh, I think there were some stretch goals, but each of the updates wasn't necessarily like a, hey, it's day three, we've raised this much money. Like, right. this is the next like stretch goal coming. It was a story. It was like yeah. a brand new story, like all the background leading into this <gasps> this big war. In <sighs> fact, uh, in the Kickstarter edition, there is a book that has all of those stories. stories in it. And it's literally like, you don't know who the narrator is until about just before the campaign ends. And then you learn who the, who the narrator is. And so then that leads, and then the campaign ended, and then their updates after that were normal. But it was like some of the coolest, like, just updates and the stories were super good. And like, I was, was waiting for like a new story to come out. So it was good. It was, it was fantastic. So that sounds awesome. obviously the answer to me playing it or would I right. pick it up is yes. Cause I backed it uh, mainly uh, cause the art looks super cool. Uh, I knew it was a theme that BP would be super into. And then the gameplay itself was similar to some games we've played in the past that we've enjoyed. So uh, that's why I would pick it up. So uh, how do you guys think it's played? You have uh, some of it in front of you. Yes, but that description, uh, I don't know. We're obviously going to be fighting each other. So the board's got a victory tracking score point thingy. Okay. All right. Jeez, oh, I don't know. Uh, read me the mechanics again. Uh, the mechanics are area majority influence, deck bag uh, pool building, dice rolling, open drafting, and push your luck. Ooh, push your luck. I love this. We do have wager cards. Okay, so we're going to be stuffing things into our bag. And I feel like stuffing the things into our bag is also part of the push your luck. But we have all these meeples. There's no worker placement? Nope. Area majority. Okay, so we obviously want to put our workers, our meeples, onto areas to claim those majorities. We've got, I, I don't know, Kiwi. I am so confused. Okay, here's what we're gonna be doing. We're all gonna go to the tea party. We're gonna set our character at the tea party. And then the first person who tries to cut the cake sorts out. I came up with a scenario. It may not be the right scenario. With that, uh, the history of swords out at tea parties. Hmm. You know, I went with Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. I don't, because when the others played the Alice in Wonderland game, I think they went like 100 years war and stuff. But uh, Lewis Carroll, if you're familiar with the author of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, is actually Victorian era. Um, I'm not going to get into history of he himself, though. I feel like there's a lot of rumors about him that are still rumors. Uh, the story itself, though, is based on a real Alice. Um, an Alice that was a daughter of a friend of his. And they were out boating or some, you know, aristocratic. He wasn't an aristocrat, but he was kind of like upper echelon. So they were out on a river. He was a pre-Raphaelite. Raphaelite. So if you're familiar with that movement, that romantic movement in the 1850s and 60s, I think the story itself 
published in 1865. Um, it is under the genre of, oh, geez, I think they call it literary nonsense. Um, so that idea of going back to kind of the crazy and the nonsense versus like logic. Uh, it is an enterprise into logic, and he was a star mathematician and had graduated with honors from Christchurch at Oxford, uh, as did many members of his family. They were all like either super math- mathematicians or persons back and forth. I think he actually had a parsonage for a while. Anyway, he loved hanging out and telling stories uh, to his friend's kids. And so um, this was actually, again, as I started, um, All in a Golden Afternoon, which is part of the song with the flowers. Um, And the opening song, if you watch the animated Disney version that came out in 1951. Uh, Anyway, uh, it was actually titled uh, The Underground, Alice in the Underground, until uh, Alice Lydell, Little Lydell, however you pronounce it, uh, asked uh, Lewis Carroll, whose actual name was Charles Dodson, I believe was the last name. He was actually born with Charles Dodson. Um and that then eventually became Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Uh, also, he met another Alice later on, so very Victorian name, um, who was more an adult Alice, uh, whom he kept talking to her about her reflection in the mirror, thence Alice uh, through the looking glass. And he published, um, obviously, the poem of Jabberwocky, and several other children's, again, kind of these didactic, he led the way in children's literature for the Victorian period, which, by the way, if you're a historian of life stages and social history, you know that the Victorian area is the first era that actually recognizes childhood as separate from adulthood. There you go. So madness is considered good. In this game, each player takes the role of a famous Wonderlandian leading a faction to war. All right, they can be the Red Queen, the Jabberwock, the Mad Hatter, the Cheshire Cat, or Alice. The game is then played over three rounds. Players earn victory points from building castles and completing quests. And at the end, the player with the most victory points is the winner. The player who most recently had tea will go first and play continues <sighs> clockwise. It's going to be Kiwi. Yep. I am drinking coffee currently. I have tea every morning. So I will go first. We've also already chosen our characters. So Paxson will be the Jabberwock. BP will be the will be Alice and I will be the Cheshire Cat. Um, the, each round consists of two phases. So we have the tea party phase, which is played on the inside portion of the board. And then the war phase, which is played on the outside portion of the board. The players prepare for war during the tea party phase and then fight the war in the war phase. In the tea party phase, your two objectives are to place units in regions. There are five regions uh, that you wish to do battle in and then collect allies and Wonderlandians to help you in your fight. On your turn, take the following actions. So if you have fewer than four tea party cards, you're going to move your leader clockwise around the board to a unoccupied space that has a card. And then you're going to take that card 
uh, you're going to take its reward. And then the supporters, you're going to take the number of supporters on the card and put it in one of the regions. Uh, if you reach the head of the table, which is marked head of table, you're going to roll the shard die. For whatever you roll, you're going to gain that number of shards. Ultimately, at the end of the game, shards are bad. Oh. They are minus one victory points. You don't want shards. Uh, you can also only go around the table twice. So if you're going to end up at the end of the table again, you have to make sure that you have your four cards. Uh, and then once you have your fourth card, when you get to your, what would essentially be your fifth turn at that point, you're going to take your leader and you're going to put it at a in a region. Once everybody has gotten their four cards and the four leaders are placed, then we will go into the war phase and that completes the tea party phase. Uh, all players will then add or will gain one madness chip and the player with the most shards gains an additional mad madness chip but gets to discard half their shards. Then we go into the war phase. So during the war phase, starting with the region that contains the battle start token, that's the region that we're going to start battle in. So everybody that has a units essentially in that region will do battle. So if all three of us are there, we all three of us will battle. Uh, if you don't have anybody there and you aren't going to battle, you actually get to use your wager card mm -hmm. and you can bet on who you think is going to be the winner. Okay, so first we're going to determine our starting strength. So our leaders will have a strength that's listed on our player mat. Uh, we'll add that with any castles we might have built in the region. Castles are worth uh, two. And then any Wonderlandians that we've also added that we might have collected along the way will also add their strength. Uh, we will then, one at a time, at the same time, we will draw a token from our bags and then reveal them at the same time. If you want to halt, you don't want to draw anymore. You'll just draw and show an empty hand. If the chip is a madness chip, you're going to put it on your madness track, which you'll see on your player board. Player puts the, put it on their madness track and you, you lose a unit as shown on the chip. So some units, some chips will have a single unit and some will have two units that we you have to lose. And then whatever the number is on the token, you're going to add that number to your strength. And then you're going to put your chip in the active chip row. The battle is over if all players have halted or busted, meaning they have no remaining units. A player reaches 25 on the battle track or the only active player, so they haven't halted or busted, is in the lead. They have to halt. And if the battle isn't over, we go back to step two and we repeat until it's over. Okay. The highest remaining player is the winner of the region and scores points based on the region and the round. So each one will have uh, a little uh, board and it goes left to right. So round one, typically they will be worth less and then they will be worth more in later rounds for winning there. You'll also get to build a castle if you don't already have one there. The second highest gains half the points but doesn't get a castle. Each player then scores any completed quests, even if they lost. And players that didn't bust can then activate any faction and Wonderlandian abilities. Next, players that ended on a forge space, so you'll see these little hammers on the battle mm -hmm. track, uh, they'll get to do a forge action. So they can take a uh, chip from their active chip and put it on one of their forge rows, and you can get artifacts, which are more powerful tokens. Finally, play goes to the next region clockwise. At the end of the war phases for round one and two, the tea party phase is set up and then play moves to that phase. If it's round three, the game is over and the end of scoring is conducted. Players take the victory points they've collected from the three rounds of play 
and add the following. Victory, victory points for any castle uh, based on the track. So uh, they will be worth more. They're worth three, but on the very bottom row of your forge track, they can be potentially worth more uh, by the end of the game. Victory points from end of game scoring on completed quest cards. And finally, subtracting one victory point for each madness shard. The player with the most points is the winner and the new ruler of Wonderland. If tied, the player with the fewest shards is the winner. And if still tied, the player with the most units on the board wins. And those are all the rules. Those are all the rules? Yep. It's a lot. It is. Let's play. We just finished a game of Wonderland's War. To recap, uh, BP had 47 Vorpal points. Hmm. Uh, Paxson had 53 Poison points. And I won with 109 Fang points. Okay. Um, my winning strategy... So originally I just went for regions that I had quests mm -hmm. for the two regions. So that's mm -hmm. what I originally went for. And then it just turned out that I, both of those were uncontested. So that gave me castles in both of those, which kind of helped me. Mm. And then um, I think I overloaded those with a little bit too many supporters, but I wasn't sure if you guys were going to go there as well. So I probably could have tried to spread load those supporters a little bit. Uh, and then I just tried to get, do whatever I could to get castles mm -hmm. and then forged all the way up. Cause I figured that was going to be a lot of points. Mm -hmm. And it was cause that was 30 points, just getting a castle in every region and forge it up to that part. So mm -hmm. that's what I tried to do. Smart. Uh, Paxton, do you have a strategy? Nope. I just grabbed whatever looked coolest. <laughs> Which is certainly a, it, it is a type of strategy. Yeah. Uh, and then BP. I tried the same thing with my quest cards, but then once I felt like I couldn't get my quest cards, I was kind of lost, so. Yeah. Uh, so theme, uh, Paxton, did you feel like you were fighting over Wonderland? No. I kind of just felt like we were fighting and it wasn't specifically Wonderland themed. It was just that there happened to be Wonderland characters yeah. fighting each other. BP? did um i guess because i am so into the theme and you had uh maybe it's also because paxton didn't have as many of the wonderland characters like added whereas you and i did i don't know no i agree with paxton okay. i think uh the theme was only in the cards and the names of things and then the like the allies, I think you could have taken any theme and just renamed the allies and the Wonderlandian something else. Because uh, in the base game, you know, like we have the nice models for Kickstarter, but in the base game, they're just cardboard standees. And then the chips are like nicer plastic chips, but they're just cardboard in the base, the base in, in the non-Kickstarter. So I, I agree with Paxson. I think the theme only comes out in the art. Um, which is not a bad thing. Nope. Can we go on to art? Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll go on to table presence. Okay, table presence. It's great. Very colorful. Um, obviously, I guess we have the um, upgrades. So way cooler. But even if you just had the board, 
I feel like if you walked by, even with the board and even with cardboard stand-ups, I think, I mean, if you're into Alice in Wonderland, and I guess you're talking to the Gen Xers more, maybe some millennials, it's going to turn some heads. Yeah, I agree. Even uh, so it's in the non-Kickstarter, it's uh, standees for mm-hmm. cardboard, but they, they still stand up. So they're still visible. Yeah. And then the castles are still like um, plastic bits, but they're, they're three-dimensional. They're just all the same. They're just, it's a color that matches the, mm-hmm. but it looks like they're, no, yeah, it's, it's, um, I thought they were kind of like a see-through color, but it's just a color that matches your faction. Mm-hmm. So but I agree. I think the art uh, kind of stands out. And we've complained before about uh, art that gets covered up with cards and all that kind of stuff. I think they have put made this board uh, so that you don't necessarily cover yeah. up the art. I mean, it's got a crazy table in the middle that looks like someone had a... Very unmerry birthday. Very unmerry. Or a merry birthday that got out of hand. Yeah. You take your pick. Paxton, what do you think about the art? I like it. It's very colorful Mm -hmm. and it's very clear what is what and Mm -hmm. where things are supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The icons, all of that. Yep. It's good. Very good layout. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for mechanics, um, so I liked the battle system. I thought the push your mm-hmm. luck with the mm-hmm. chips was pretty cool. Um, and I also like that even if you weren't in the battle your, uh, yourself, mm-hmm. you still had an opportunity to kind of be like in air quotes in the battle because you you were you had a vested interest in who would win because you got to wager on it. But you mm-hmm. weren't forced to wager, which is also nice. So if someone didn't want to bet, uh, they didn't have to. But I, I think the the battle system with the chips was mm-hmm. was cool. What did you think, Paxton? Yeah, I like I like the battle system and the push your luck. If mm-hmm. you had no more supporters and you drew a madness, you would lose. But if you didn't, you could keep going. Yeah. Yeah. We are fans of the push your luck mechanic, I think, as a family overall. Um, it was fun to wager because then you weren't just kind of like sitting on the sidelines. You still got to be, like you said, a part of it. But I think that's goes into one of our other sections, if we can jump ahead a little bit, skip rules for right now, going to player interaction, is that I feel like even in the wager aspect, you still got to interact. Uh, Anyone have anything else to say about player interaction? I know we're jumping ahead, but... So I think... um, The war phase was definitely more interactive. Definitely in the war phase. I feel like in the tea party phase, it's kind of that... it's, um, It's a draft mechanic, right? So... It only really is a problem if someone goes to a space with a card that you want, which I think, like thinking back on it, I think the only time, and it wasn't somebody that took it, there was one where you couldn't get to the card because somebody was already there, but there, I don't think there was, did Paxton, do you remember a time where somebody took a card that you wanted? No, the only time is when, because the Jabberwocky has an ability, like the basic one, at the start of your turn, if there is no poison chips in play, place one on any card, and if another player takes that card, they gain a poison. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that at the beginning of every round on the cards that just seemed to give you the best things. And mm-hmm. I remember Dad was like, no, one of the times I did that. And I, yeah. yeah. And then there was a time where I wanted that because it was to complete one of my end of yeah. things. So I was just like, I'll just take the poison. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but I felt like there were enough options yeah. where mm-hmm. that really didn't come into play, I felt like. I feel like if it was actually up to the five players, it might be 
there might be more of it. Yep. But with three, you mm, it's good point. There's not a lot of it because there's still enough spaces for yeah. everybody to get what they want. Yeah, I agree. And you would get more poison tokens too if there were more players. So your poison tokens yeah. that you start with, it's one per player plus two. Yeah. So so I would have more, but mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Um, so how was it for learning for you guys? Um, when we started the like war phase and what all the icons were pretty confusing, but you get it pretty fast. Like it's fairly simple. Like it seems daunting, but it's not. I I agree. That was a quite sophisticated answer, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think the at the beginning, the cards and all the different actions you have, because this is definitely variable player versus in root. I kept saying variable player for a asymmetric, asymmetric. Yeah. Um, but this is definitely variable player because you're still playing at the same time. Um, you're doing the same moves, but it. At first, you're kind of overwhelmed with all of your choices. But again, through uh, through the first phase, I think you get kind of the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, and this is maybe more strategy than rules, when you run out of quests, I don't know. Like, it seemed a little... Well, there were different different ways to get more quests with Sometimes. cards. So Pax, because Paxton actually picked up a fair number of quests mm. compared to you or I, because he would go to those locations. I don't even want the quest. I just want the other thing. The other thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm so like, I, oh, quest, cool. Where I actually, I had a thing that had if I had five or more quest cards. So you kind of actually prevented me from getting more points. Yeah, but she didn't realize it, so it doesn't count as evil. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you didn't realize you were doing it either. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think I w- would have wanted because there was one iconography. Uh, oh yeah, like helpful card, and then there was another one on the very back of the rule book. I feel like they could have done an additional player aid card um, and put those icons on that. Yeah, player I almost card. feel like the ally reference card is not as necessary as maybe that. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe. The ally card, you could just have one next to the allies that tell, told you what they did because it's already right there yeah, it's already on right there. the cards. And I think it's more of a, depending on if you had five people, you might be so far away that you can't read that. Mm-hmm. So, but I think they could have just added a third reference card and put that on. And I sure. think that would have helped. But I think Paxson's right. There are a lot of icons. Mm-hmm. But once you see it once or twice. Yeah. You kind of got it. Yeah, you were good. Because a lot of those icons are just, they match the token. So you just take the token. So right. that's easy. So, I feel yeah. like the ally reference card is good because I cannot read that. Like, I'm sitting across from it, and the font is, like, pretty thin and wavy. And it just looks like a jumble of letters, and I can't read it unless I move. Yeah. So I like the so ally reference. Need to go to no, 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 I agree. I, I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat. That, <laughs> oh, I'm wearing my glasses and I can read them. Okay. Yeah, so, no, yeah, lucky I'm, me. You're sitting head on and it's I'm true. sitting right next it's to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the same place as Pax. And I, I think the reference card is good. I think just a third reference card would be. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we've already answered player interaction. Does anybody have anything else for player interaction? No, but how is the rule book? Uh, the rule book is good. Um, Besides the one extra card? Yeah, besides the one extra part, Organized, which I already talked about. Did you have to go into it? Um, 
Yeah, I think there was a couple times where I went into it, but it was mostly to like hit the make sure we hit all the wickets like right. as we go th- went through each phase and phase. each round. Um, and less to like look up rules. There was a couple times I think like I didn't remember mm-hmm. what to do if they're like that first when my two places were not under contention, but it was super easy to find. So it's it's a well-organized rule book. Excellent. And I think it hits everything. And it had actually has uh, two really good examples about how battles work with forging afterwards and going through all the steps of here's how you go through a battle. Okay. So it's good. So the penultimate or the ultimate question, because uh, penultimate would be the question before the ultimate question. The ultimate question, would you play it again, Paxson? Yes. Okay. Uh, why? Because it's fun. Okay. Yep. Uh, well, I was fun about it. Yeah. Um, the battle fan yeah. is fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would also play it again. I've kind of been wanting Quacks of Quedlinburg because I really like that experience mm-hmm. that we had of like making the potions. I think what Quacks of Quedlinburg lacked was the player interaction. So I think you get the same feeling mm-hmm. of Quacks of Quedlinburg because you get the draw and everybody's yeah. revealing at the same time. That's the push your luck. There's building your bag. Um, but then you get to like see kind of the fruits of your labor at the end of it because you get to battle at the end. So I will no longer be looking for Quacks of Quedlinburg and I'm very happy with this as kind of that push your luck, bag draw mm-hmm. type of game. I liked it. Uh, and I left you for last, VP. Uh, would you play it again? You know my answer. Of course I would. I love Alice and I don't think there's not a thing in here that I did not like. I'm the only one who thought it matched up with the theme the whole time. I had all of the songs from the animated Disney version that was released in 1951 going through my head. Um, yeah, I'm down. Uh, and with that, that was Wonderland's War. So if you have any recommendations you would like to hear our impressions on and any uh, additional ones that whenever Paxton is available, you want to hear Paxton's views too, just hit us up. You can find us at the email. We are at First Turn Tabletop <laughs> at the Gmail. We're on Twitter and Instagram, but uh, we can be found at First Turn Cast and our podcasting camel. And he just goes, uh, <laughs> Uh, the podcasting camel. He is going to go charging through the Tolgy Woods, and all those mom rats are um, tripping him up. And he just says, Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. Yep, scripty script. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scripty script. The full scriptiness of its scriptiness. Yeah. By the way, I just want this for the record that the Alice Meeples look like Eiffel Towers. more. <laughs> we do the same thing to Kate, so don't worry. Wonderland has lost. Wonderland has lost. <laughs>